Charity Stripe Commentary Originals. We've got Trey Hill, as always. How are you doing, Trey? Better than you. I'm not building something from Ikea. <laughs> oh, it's too much fun. Uh, too much fun. Uh, we've got Marcus Wilson. How are you doing? I'm hotboxing my car with a blunt right now, so I'm superb. Yeah, you're living the young life. It's uh, I miss those days. Those were good times. Caleb Gallion. Back I again. He's, I, I am doing fantastic, and I am about to actually go smoke and walk myself. <laughs> Sounds Yo, great. Young, young people winning and living. Get it together, old guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trey, you've been playing NBA 2K, so you're very well versed in what's going on in the NBA for the next season. How? What are you most excited about going into the off season? You mean coming back from the offseason? Uh, going into the preseason. Sorry, the preseason. That'll work. Yes. I mean, I'm a Bulls <laughs> fan. So for me, like, I'm, I got, I'm waiting to see if Lonzo's going to be there when the season starts or, like, if he's even going to be practicing. So, like, selfishly, I know for me, that's really my big thing that I'm looking forward to at the beginning of the season is just kind of an update on, on his condition and who the Bulls are going to play if he's not, you know, while he's not available and why everyone else should care is the bulls were first in the East while Lonzo was healthy last year. So, well, I don't expect them to actually be the best team in the Eastern conference. If Lonzo is healthy, I do think it, they are at, they're on a different tier when Lonzo is healthy. So that's what I'm looking forward to as a bulls fan, selfishly Um, non bulls related. I heard, I think it was on the Zach Lowe podcast that Middleton had, uh, Chris Middleton from the Bucks had, I think it was wrist surgery this offseason. So I'm kind of curious as to how how the Bucks' health is going to be going into the season. And I know Giannis has been playing, you know, a lot of basketball, a lot of high-level basketball. So that's another thing I'm interested in watching is how how can the Bucks and Giannis in particular hold up with how much basketball they've played these last couple of years as guys continue to fall by the wayside to injuries. Caleb, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, actually, yeah, I'm really uh, – I'm excited to see how Chicago responds this year. Like, I'm hoping that they can stay healthy. I'm hoping that the Lonzo stuff isn't as bad as it's seeming initially. And I'm hoping that uh, we're just in for an exciting Eastern Conference season this year like I'm excited to see what the East winds up looking like because I think there's a lot of talent there and I think this is deepest the East has been in quite a long time I absolutely agree our name our group chat name is about the Eastern Conference Marcus how are you feeling about Chicago and maybe about your team Miami oh uh I kind of copy trace format when I heard it. So, well, when it comes to uh, first, when it comes to my team, um, I'm really interested. Well, we suffer from the same problem every single off season, which is that we really don't have a lot of new guys in our rotation, which is not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. But I'm just interested to see how we play when clearly the East as a whole is 
every team seems to be taking it up another gear. And not saying All right, that so not. Marcus, I got a question for you. PJ Tucker left, so I know oh. Hero. Hero will probably still come off the bench. I know Spolster likes having that spark, but assuming he's in like the finishing lineup, is Butler just the power forward, and Hero, you know, Hero kind of slots in at the small forward. What's what's the finishing five for Miami? Ideally, I, 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 you're right. I do see it exactly be working like that. I see it being Lowry, Struess, Hero, Hero, Jimmy, and then Bam. And I'm okay with that. Honestly, in the grand scheme of things, like, I'm not going to say that's not a for me is that every single team has besides this man with a spark plug that's an asset on our team. That's an asset in your secondary rotation. And I'm not saying that I don't trust Max Drews, but I don't know if it's ready. I don't know if it's fair to say that he's ready for all that, especially when he's starting. So all you really get coming off the bench is Omar Yurtsevin, Tyler Hero, and the remnants of Victor Oladipo Skeleton. Another thing that I'm also really interested in is uh, the steps that uh, the Timberwolves are going to take. I know that we all also high on the Timberwolves. Sean, you're high on the Timberwolves, right? I know, I know Caleb is, and I know me and Marcus are, but I don't remember. Are you high on the Timberwolves? I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do. I really liked what Anthony Edwards did last year. And I, I can't quit Cat in the sense that I, I really want him to put it all together. Uh, and I think bringing in Rudy Gobert might actually do that because then he doesn't have to play defense as hard as some people want him to do. So I, I'm interested to see how that team looks out. And I'm, I'd love to see them make the playoffs. Caleb, how about yourself? Oh, I'm super high on Minnesota. I think they have a chance to be the best team in the Western Conference in the regular season. But honestly, I don't know how I've gone 10 minutes into this podcast without talking about the Eastern Conference favorites, the Boston Celtics. I can't wait to see how they respond to a finals loss. I'm so excited to see what this team does this year. I'm praying that they don't get off to the slow start they got off last year, and I'm wondering if they can just hit the ground running and I think this team has the potential to be a 60-win team. I just don't know how they're going to come out the gates, and I'm really excited to see that. So who is the next superstar that asks out that Boston tries to give away Jalen Brown for? It'll probably be KD again around the trade deadline, so we'll probably revisit that. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. So with with LaMelo wanting out – I, I've kind of I've hinted around at this, but I think it's time to really talk this out with some people in a safe space. If Lon, let, let's assume that Lonzo's out, we're concerned. The Bulls are concerned about his knee, which there's no way they're not going to be. But the Bulls are still going on pretty well. But they could, you know, they could kind of use that connector that that just kind of jack of all trades do it all. Meanwhile, you've got you've got Lamelo Ball in Charlotte. Still upset and you know not happy with how things are going because that team's losing. Miles isn't on the team because he's a wife-beating piece of shit. And Charlotte's not trending in the right direction. And you know Lamelo's looking around thinking maybe I sh- I should go elsewhere. So you know maybe Michael Jordan calls up the Bulls and says I'd really like to bring Lonzo in. 
I think him and yeah. Lamelo. I think that that's gonna you know it's gonna make Lamelo happy. He's gonna want to stay in Charlotte. How about Gordon Hayward? And no. I have to no. I have to keep trying to talk myself out of it. But he's like a six eight. He can do everything. He's he's an underrated playmaker. He can make open shots. He's a I pretty good Jordan defender. I said Lamelo and do a real solid. <laughs> I'm not saying I want to do it, but I'm simply preparing myself for this reality because, I mean, I, when I, I talk it out, doesn't it, doesn't it just sound extre- like like Jordan gets desperate because LaMelo wants out, so he's like, we'll give you Gordon Hayward and two unprotected firsts for Lonzo. And the Bulls are worried about Lonzo's knees. They see those picks and Gordon Hayward, and they're just like, screw it. Let's do it. I think the problem is you're just giving – I think you're just giving too much up off on the uh, perimeter defense. Like, just to give up Lonzo. That's but, I mean, but, I mean, say, say it's almost a trade deadline. Lonzo's played in 15 of 50 games, and the Bulls are, like, sixth in the East. Like, I, 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 could, I, I could see them getting impatient with how good and how young the East is and thinking we can't risk Lonzo and that 20, you know, that, that calorie, that salary spot. I, I can I see I, them thinking we have to act now. Lonzo, but Lonzo looked too good with him being, uh, with him being healthy. Y'all look, they look way too good to get rid of that asset. Like, listen, I know he has injuries, but I still think we're all fairly up on him on his development. That the trajectory has only gotten up, gone up. So you're still having a player who has injury issues, but clearly we've seen that if the player is worth it, teams really don't mind. And Lonzo, Lonzo is an asset that you always want to keep because that's a player you'd rather have than have, than have to play against. I think. I mean, know, I, that's where I am with it. I just I don't know that I think Chicago is there. Sean, Caleb, what do you guys think? Honestly, the first thing I'm thinking is that you're underrating the value of two unprotected Charlotte first because I think they're going to be bad for the foreseeable future. And as much as it would hurt to lose Lonzo, I think those two assets could wind up being. I mean, I mean, even if it was say just one, or even if they looked at it as not even an even trade. Like I'm just, I can, I can see the Bulls like looking like say Lonzo doesn't play at all, or he, you know he plays four or five games and then goes back on the shelf. Like there are no. there are some real there are some real scenarios where it really looks like Lonzo for Gordon Hayward straight up like. Can you, you see the Bulls that? getting to that point this season, or am I just being – am I being too, uh, too worst-case scenario? Yeah, I, what I do you think, think so? I don't think it's a bad – I don't think it's a bad one. I would take Gordon Hayward for um, 15 out of 50 games, Lonzo Ball, a lot of times, and you're getting those picks. I think Caleb brings up a great point about those picks are going to be bad. Unfortunately, Michael Jordan is a bad GM, bad owner. He's a great, greatest player, but you know that's it. That's that was where he shines. Um, so I, I think it's a good move if Chicago can do it because I think. And then you got Gordon Hayward and Deron and DeRozan, just old man mid games, and to everybody to death. Yeah, but how sustainable is that? How sustainable is that going to be? Like best case scenario. You think that adding Gordon Hayward to that team is a better team than the team that you guys had last year with him being healthy, of course, because we're, yeah. we're talking. 
No, like I mean, if you if you add it to the if you add it to the team that didn't have Lonzo Ball, then I think yeah, he makes the team better than than Lonzo did when Lonzo wasn't there. So, like that that to me is do we feel like we can depend on Lonzo? Right, you're basically betting on Lonzo's health at that point. Like it's and it's not proven to be something you can really bet on. I understand where you're coming from with it, and I. Whereas Gordon Hayward, he he doesn't expire this year, but he expires next year. Whereas Lonzo, you know, he just signed the four year contract with the player option, which he'll clearly pick up if he's had if he has injury issues there towards the back end of it. So let's talk about something else. Uh, I don't want to be so sad. Uh, any does anyone else have another topic before I move on to something else that I've got? Um, I, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead, Marcus. Oh, no, I'm just really interested that Caleb brought up the, you know, KD trade discussions again, because I'm really interested to see how long that this lasts, that he's contending he's happy with his situation, because I don't think this is the last of this, not by a long shot. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is, is going to get a lot uglier. Yeah. Not, as it, as it, it, this has been ugly already. Caleb, has the... Person who might get him. I agree with it. I really, uh, I think this whole KD thing, I think they just band-aided it for now. I don't think this is anywhere close to being over or resolved. I don't know what they said in that meeting to get KD to be cool with everything right now, but I I don't think it's going to last that long. Right, like, they didn't make any overhaul in the front office. Team is pretty much the same, like, do you think like who do you like? I'm super interested at this point. Who do you guys blame more? Do you blame KD more? Or do you blame Kyrie? Because granted, KD is you know doing what we all expect him to do, which is complaining until he gets his way, which has proven really effective because he's you know really fucking good at basketball. But I think the catalyst for all for the entire demise of the net of the net at this point, I'm not knocking him for it with Kyrie's decision. And like I said, I don't think it's a bad decision, but every decision has a positive or negative reaction, and this is just a fallout from it. Kyrie not getting vaccinated when Durant got hurt last year and putting everything on Harden. When Harden came to Brooklyn to get away from being the only guy, and then he was put in that position again. I think that was – do what? I mean, like, to put back in in the ISO-heavy position where you're the only, you know, top, top 10, top 15 player on your team. That yeah, that the, the the heliocentric offense that that Harden himself made so famous that Luca is excelling with today. That's not how Harden wanted to play, and he was forced to do that because Kyrie didn't want to get the vaccine. And I it it wasn't fair for Kyrie because he happened to be in to play for one of I think four teams in the NBA that ended up being affected by that but that that's just the way it, it shaked out and if you have to put blame on somebody I think that's where I would put the blame but I other than the fact that other than they still have Claxton right at, yeah. at center I believe so. other than him and you know maybe some Ben Simmons banging a little against smaller guys I don't know who they're putting out there at center who's going to eat up the minutes against the centers but other than that I like the team that Brooklyn Brooklyn has I think everyone is going to be desperate to look better after such a terrible offseason you have Steve Nash 
they tried to fire him. He obviously wants to look better. Kyrie's in a contract year. Kevin Durant, you know, he wants to come out and look like the best player on the planet. So to me, I kind of expect Brooklyn to come out firing on all cylinders, except for Ben Simmons, which I'm not holding my breath on that one. But if they can get something from him towards the end of the season, even. That would be more super important. I mean, and at the end of the day, like granted, he has the most approved out of everyone at that at, at this point. Because like, if, if it doesn't work at this season, if like if he doesn't come back this season, then I am finally hopping off the train. Because because I can't get donated anymore. It's been really hard. It's been really fucking hard. I, it sounds exhausting. Absolutely sounds exhausting. It is exhausting. Trey, let's, what's the topic you had in mind? Before I, we go to that, Ben Simmons hurt his back, but he's playing three on three now. So, like, do do we think he's going to miss an extended time? Like, is he expected to miss extended time, or do we know anything? I haven't heard anything. Don't give me hope, bro. That's all I can say. Oh, the thing I was going to bring up was the the tweeted and then deleted news from the AP reporter about the NBA eyeing expansion in like three or four years into Vegas and Seattle. I think the idea was you'd move Memphis to the East, put them both in the West and you get two new teams. And we mentioned how deep both conferences are. There's so much talent throughout the league that I, I think it's, I think it's time to start looking at it for sure. Um, I was a little hesitant at first because I like the idea that teams are deep enough that they can compete against a team that's led by superstars. But I think if in four years with all of the talent coming into the league every year, it seems like there's still going to be that much talent, even if you only can protect eight players on your team. I love it. I think with, about college being the way that it is, that it's actually to be monetized and that we have the G League being something that's slowly but surely taking off and getting a lot more substantial. Drafting and scouting is good. The international game is getting, you know, it's super fantastic and we're able to see a lot more international Europe Europe games as an American. I think it's all, everything's been moving to this direction for a while. Caleb, what do you think? Yeah, I think expansion will be really awesome. The only downside of it is if we can only protect uh, eight players, that probably means I'll have to say goodbye to Peyton Pritchard. So that's a that's a sad moment for me. But when I think about I think it, okay. what I think you'll, I think it'll be okay. I don't think you're gonna lose too much sleep over it. You know, actually, I'll probably lose a lot of sleep over it. But I love the idea of expansion. I think there's going to be there's already so much talent in the league and. Like you guys said, there's so much more coming in in the next couple of years with these drafts. I, I think um, more NBA is always a good thing. I'm completely for more teams. I agree. I think it's a. I think it's a great idea. There's going to be enough talent, and it's gonna, you're going to have to be a smart GM to overcome uh, the lack of talent in the beginning. But it's going to keep growing. There's great basketball players coming in all the time. The G League's being gotten pretty competitive. So now you're just raising that up into the NBA and bringing in some better, some better talent. So I think it's a great idea. I 
I have no qualms with the NBA going back to Seattle. I was that's what I was gonna bring up next. I think they I think they got the markets right. Seattle, they should have never left, nope. but at least they can make that right. And Vegas, they've been there for summer league. So part of me almost wants them to not have it there because they they're established summer league. Are they I wonder if they, if they have the team there, will they move Summer League to another neutral location? I, that, I that, would one, that would be the one thing I would Summer want. Leagues at NBA cities. NBA cities have Summer Leagues. I think Orlando and, like, Utah, they're early Yeah, on but we, we all know league. what the big one is, Sean. Like, yeah. there, there's the one big Summer League, and I know it always happens in Vegas. I, it'll probably still stay there. I don't know. There's just something – there's something that I enjoy when there's – big NBA events or even big events that are that are in in cities that don't normally get that market that don't normally get that market so how about this how about if summer league ends up being in St. Louis then would you be content with that that would be amazing that's that's a great idea that would be cool yeah because it's clearly I mean if any other team after is going to get a team I think it needs to be Another Carolina team for sure, and I think it would probably need to be uh, St. Louis. At least cater to you know all like the basketball rich cities. Well, that's all I had. Uh, Anybody else have anything? No, I think that was. Uh, I think that's a great one to end on. You know, bring basketball back to Seattle, uh, put a team in Vegas, and that way St. Louis gets the summer league tournament, the big one. So we get. Then in five years, we're adding St. Louis to the NBA because uh, of all the talent. So thank you so much. Check us out on uh, Twitter. Uh, Marcus, where's your handle at? Oh, just add me at uh, No Chill Will. We're back at it again, guys. Be there, be square. All right. Caleb, how about yourself? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Caleb underscore Galleon. All right, Trey, and yourself? You can find me on Twitter at Final Finally. All right, and you can check me out at Schwinnigan23. Uh, this has been the Cherry Strike Commentary, a part of the Hoop Social Podcast Network. Uh, have a great night, everybody. All right, so we're just winging it. Yeah. All right.